International headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Well, dear friends, it's the midweek, and we are delighted to be here today and thankful that you've joined us. Remember, the midweek, Wednesdays, many, many good churches have Wednesday night services, and I hope that you'll plan to be in church tonight and take advantage of your local church and what they have to offer. It'll bless you, help you short-term and long-term as well. Now, we're going to look today at the third part of this session that I'm doing on the love factor. Last week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we talked about the hate factor, and there are things the Bible tells us about hate, and I was just working through all of that to try to get us to see there are some things that do not belong with us at all. And uh, now then, yesterday and uh, the day before, as well as today, we're talking about the love factor. The greatest statement ever made on this is John 3.16 that tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, yesterday we started working through 1 Corinthians 13 that really defines how love functions. And we're down to verse number 5, and if you look there in 1 Corinthians 13, here's what it tells us. It says that love, the word used there is charity, does not behave itself unseemly. That just simply means that love avoids risky behavior. It does not go down trails that it ought not to go down. Love has some parameters, and it has some fences. It has some blockades that keeps us from doing things that do not represent the Christian way. And so he tells us that we are not going to behave in a way that is unseemly. In other words, if somebody sees us do something that is not really the Christian way, they look at it and they say, well, that doesn't seem to fit in with your testimony. And if that occurs, you've got to know that we've really given attention to something that should not be there at all. Now, the next part of that verse says that love seeketh not her own. Love is not just looking out for number one. Sometimes people get into that mindset where that they are just doing whatever serves them and they really don't care how it impacts other people. Well, love puts a stop to that. Love does not make the old numero uno the thing that really drives you. In fact, is love is not just looking out for number one. And then later in that verse, the third part of the verse says that love is not easily provoked. That simply tells me that love will control its emotions. Sometimes, you know, if you're not thinking correctly and somebody does the least little something and you get sideways about it, you get angry about it, or you sound off about it, and you're letting your emotions reflect something less than love toward the person maybe who offended you a little bit. So love controls its emotions. It puts a damper on the way that we act, the way that we speak. Love does have controls. The last part of that verse, uh, number five, says that love thinketh no evil. Now, really, whenever you think about how your thinking works, uh, love doesn't even think about doing bad things. If something bad crosses your mind, I mean, you push the delete button on that right away because of your love. 
You have a love for your family. You have a love for other people around you. You have a love for the Lord. And all of that causes you to push back on all of those things that are here described as just being evil things. And it just means that we don't even plot and plan and uh, prepare for anything evil. It thinketh no evil. Now, when you get to the next verse, and we're just looking at how love functions here. Verse number six says that love rejoiceth not in iniquity. Now, that tells me that love is not happy about bad things. Whenever you see things go sideways, go wrong, you just have to know that that's not the way that uh, we need to be going. And so love does not express happiness about bad things. If something bad happens, uh, we don't clap. If uh, something bad happens, we don't cheer. If something bad happens, we don't write uh, notes of congratulations. We just do not get in the mood or in the mode where that we applaud those things that are wrong. That verse goes on to say that love rejoices in the truth. Now, that just means that it lines up with truth. Love can have its way and do what it wants to do as long as it sits on the foundation of truth. Truth is a mighty, mighty close companion with the right kind of love. And the Lord gives us truth with which to work so that every single day we're able to, yes, express our love, but we do it based on the great truths of the Word of God. Now, let's look at verse number 7 in uh, chapter 13 here, 1 Corinthians. It says to us that love beareth all things. Now, that just simply tells me that love carries whatever load is thrust upon it. It bears things. It bears up under the load. Love doesn't fall down. It doesn't quake. It doesn't quit because of the weight of of the load. It carries whatever load is thrust upon it. Sometimes uh, families are in uh, straits of difficulty because of maybe the illness of one person. Love bears the load. Uh, sometimes uh, you run into difficulties in your business. Uh, maybe there are reverses that you just never anticipated. Well, the love of uh, your work, the love of your employees, the love of your fellow workers, I mean, all of those kinds of things enables us to bear the load. The second part of that uh, seventh verse tells us that love believeth all things. Now, what are we looking at there? It's simply a matter of saying that uh, the Lord provides for us a variety of things that help us to see the full scope of uh, truth, the full scope of God's plan for us, all of those things. What God tells us, we simply step up to the plate and we say, I believe, I'm trusting God with that. You know, when I read the book of Proverbs, for example, there's uh, more than a thousand principles laid out in those 31 chapters, and all of those are precious nuggets. They're not just uh, little cliches that make nice-sounding phraseology. They're not that at all. They're major nuggets of truth that the Lord lays out that enables us all to have the right kind of perspective on things. And whenever we love the Lord as we ought to, we simply sign on to that and we believe all those things. The third part of that verse says that love hopeth all things. Whenever we put our hope in God, whatever the day brings, 
whatever the circumstances, whatever the hurts and the various uh, deficiencies that come in life, we simply stand true and do what we should do, and we say, I'm anchored there. That is my hope. The word hope in the Bible is not a maybe, but it is a term of certainty. And then it says that hope endureth all things. That just simply tells me that love never quits. It doesn't sign off simply because that there is some difficulty along the way. And then verse number 8 says pointedly that love never fails. Charity never faileth. It says prophecies will, tongues will, and uh, it just tells us that uh, we can count on the things of the Lord. Knowledge fails, it says. All of those things are uh, things that uh, we are looking at. And we simply know that love will endure. It will continue. It will not fail. It will see you through. You will be in the winner's circle because of that. Now, what we know here is that uh, there are some precious, precious things that come from this. You know, we're talking about the love factor. What is indeed the opposite, the very antithesis of hate. And whenever you think about how people do just uh, hate unnecessarily, they hate all kinds of things and people and events. I mean, things that they just throw themselves into with great animosity. Well, listen, the Lord's love makes the difference. When God so loved that he gave his only begotten son, you know what he was doing? He was making arrangements for us so that we would no longer practice the kind of things that we see people doing who are driven by hate. Verse 11 in this 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And I'm telling you, there is nothing more juvenile than just uh, the old belligerence of hate. There is nothing more immature than that. And he says it's childish. It is just absolutely juvenile, and we should not be there. So these observations right at the end of this chapter are very strong and good. They enable us to see the picture the Lord would have us to have. We don't need to be like children in this regard. Instead, we need to, as the verse says, become a man. We need to grow up and have a maturity that shows and demonstrates the love of the Lord in all of our relationships, in all of the things that we do along the way with the folks that we come in contact with. There's another principle there in verse 12 when he says, Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. What's he telling us? There's a greater day coming. There are more things that we will understand later than we understand now. How many times through the years I've said, I've heard others say, well, we'll figure that out when we get to heaven. We'll have full knowledge. Then we'll know the Lord will tell us exactly what we do not understand now. He will fully explain then. We see now through a glass darkly. But then, face to face, we'll have access to the Savior, we'll see Him, we'll talk to Him, we'll get full information at that point in time. By the way, there are just some things that you and I really, really are just as well not to have figured out now. Some things it's just as well that we don't know the whole story. Sometimes we are just saddled with information we don't need, and the less that we try to figure out these things that are really out of our reach, 
the better off we're going to be. It's important for us along the way, obviously, to get knowledge, but some things it's just as well if you just say, hey, not now. I don't have it now. I understand that. I'll wait till I get to heaven. And that is uh, really a step of wisdom. And then the final part in this 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, he tells us that nothing is greater than love. Faith is great. Hope is great. A lot of things are great. But he says that love is the greatest of them all. And whenever you and I capture this spirit of love, we capture the mandate of love. We capture the rule of love. And we just determine to live by that and walk by that and serve the Lord in that way. You know, as we get to know the Lord more fully after that we're saved, our love for him should grow. And not only that, but our love for others who are walking with the Lord and even our love for the unsaved. We ought to develop a love for those that are outside the Lord so that we might pursue them to win them to the Savior. These are important Bible truths. Just like last week when we talked about the hate factor and saw the various things that the Lord lays out on that. Now these three days this week, we've walked through these passages, including 1 Corinthians 13, that helps us to understand the love factor and how it ought to work in our life. Well, it's been a joy to do this, and certainly we'll look forward to being with you again tomorrow, and I hope you'll join me then. At that time, we'll be getting into something new, so let's look forward to tomorrow. And in the meantime, I do love to hear from you. So write me a note today, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.